Hey world, this is Jamie, host of the Jamie and Genty Show. Broadcasting live each week on Tuesday at 12 p.m. from Fishbowl Studios. Log on to hear sports talk from basketball to football and view your feedback on the biggest sports news you want to talk about from around the world. So be sure to log on each week Tuesdays at 12 p.m. to catch the Jamie and Genty Show. Hope to see you soon on Fishbowl Radio Network. Jump in. Hey, welcome world. It's Jamie is Beyond the Game Podcast. It's Jamie here on Fishbowl Radio. Welcome. It's Tuesday, September the 5th, 2023. I hope everyone had a great Labor Day, Labor Day weekend, wherever you did. Thank you for having us here. Thank you for having me here today. So, <laughs> so with that being said, everyone, um, I want to get to my weekend before I, I before I play a clip from Dion's pregame speech. Okay, so this weekend was very flat. I did not do much. Um, I lost ESPN. I lost ESPN as a Thursday night. So when I came home Thursday, well, no, I'm sorry, I came home Friday morning. I lost ESPN. I lost ESPN. ESPN two. ESPN U. So what the hell am I going to do without, without ESPN? This, this shit runs this podcast. <laughs> like I watched a lot of clips from ESPN. So thank you, Spectrum, for taking ESPN from me. And now I have to go make a decision. Do I go with Verizon or do I just go with streaming services? Cause obviously as of right now, y'all have not reached a deal. You don't care about your customers, period. You care about the dollars. Okay? That crappy ESPN, <laughs> y'all need to come back. Cause I miss everything. Like, like if people tell me, oh well, what'd you think of Stephen A and Shannon Sharp? I just watched like three clips of it. A first take, right? They don't put the full clips on YouTube. They, they split them down in the middle from, from 10 to 15 minutes. It's, it's ridiculous. So y'all have to get this shit right before I, I, I'm turning the cable in. I'll go to the store and say, you know what? Here's my cable. I'm done with it. That's it. That would actually save me a lot of money in the long run. It would. I'm done with that crap. I'll keep the air in that. <laughs> but the cable has got to go. Give me about another week and then I'll, and I'll say, you know what? Screw this cable. I'm done with it. Well, anyways, guys, um, but I did go to the WNBA game this weekend, um, on Sunday, and it was horrible on the week's part. Y'all should be ashamed of yourselves. You know that Indiana's coming in with a mission on your mind to upset y'all. And look what they did. They did exactly what they were supposed to do. Okay. Now I did my full report on the W, uh, on the wings. Like I did, I, like I do every, uh, I've been doing this for the last few weeks, team by team by team, giving my expertise on what I'm seeing on the court. Because as an athlete, as a basketball player, you see things a different way than other, the fans' perspective. So that's what I've been doing the last few weeks. And I said the number one thing that the Wings had to focus on is finishing. They did not finish on Sunday, which is why they lost by 13 points in overtime. Okay, and I said this team's going to struggle in the postseason. This team's literally going to struggle in the postseason. We have the players, we have the coach, but it's not together right now. 
it will never be together. So we got, but we got time. We got time to fix it. It's okay. We're in the postseason and we'll go from there. Now, Colorado versus TCU. This is the game I watched. And I wish that, uh, yeah, no, seriously, I, I really watched it. I recorded it. I watched it back again. I want to play a clip from pre, uh, from Coach Prime. This is very motiv- motivating for, for me. So let's play that clip, please. Pre-game, please. Uh, give me a word long before this, but he's been holding it. Because it's not about them. This is about us. This has nothing to do with the team that's opposing us. This is about us. This ain't got nothing to do with the naysayers, the, the unbelievers, the haters, the doubters. This is about us. When we started this journey, we told you it was going to be trying. It was going to be tough. But you endured because it's about us. That man next to you is a miracle. That man next to you is a believer. That man next to you is a go-getter. That man next to you is a dog. That man next to you is somebody who wants this thing. That man next to you is somebody who believes. That man next to you is somebody that got to have it today. We ain't got tomorrow. We got now. We ain't got next. We got now. We ain't coming no more. Music. <laughs> Anyways, um, is that it? Okay, sorry. So it's all good. It's all good. So, um, so you hear that? Very motivating. Very motivated to say the least. And who who would not want to play for Coach Prime? I would. Being thirty five years old, I'll get out there and, and, and make and make some noise on the field. I'll go out there. But then again, you know, you got haters like Luke, Luke Lee Corso, who does not buy in to the Colorado's atmosphere. He does not buy into Dion's coaching period. And he was the only motherfucker on that college football stands. I didn't watch it. I did not watch it because, again, I don't have the ESPN. And then, but I got word of the clip from somebody else. Or I saw a headline that said Lee Corso doing stupid things. I literally saw that headline. I was like, "What do you do this time?" He's very crucial of saying these things, but going after an African American coach was was uh, basically an African American team. Like, dude, what? It, it's time for you to go. Like, go for real. ESPN needs to get rid of y'all. Period. And I know. Four out of those five people that were sitting there on college football game day that morning, like I said, I watched the clip, chose TCU. One person, uh, what was his name? Reese Davis chose Colorado. One person out of five chose Colorado. They said TCU's the better team. They said that. How is TCU better than this? Let's play that clip from Lee Carso, please. Debut as head coach at Colorado now. About five, six minutes away, it's proving time. Colorado, TCU. Another game I think will be much closer than the experts think. I think that uh, Colorado will hang around for a while, but TCU, um, I think they'll win it. 
Yeah, yeah this is a clip from. Um, you know, the, sue the, me. Don't the, actually. Shout out Brett Favre. I'm buying in. So much talk about TCU maybe just going off the radar now after losing Max Doug and Remember Morris. The guy- okay, so let's play another clip from Lee Clarso. To get a shot at Colorado, LC, you, you've been in the situation taking over a program. What's your reaction to how Dion's gone about his business? Well, Dion Sanders can do anything he wants to build this program. I just don't agree with his tactics. Now, they used the basic principle when I took over the head to that job. I treated the players like they were my stepchildren. I treated them bad and good. I what? worked it out, tried to break it out, so I not lose one player. And this is loud, now, I took over Louisville. They went to the first bowl game ever. I went there in pros with the United States Football League. That's my story I'm sick of doing. I don't agree with his tactics. It's his it's his it's his it's his it's his Don't try to So anyways, uh I didn't say that, some other guys did. But it's time for Lee Cross to go. The man's 88 years old. The man, I'm pretty sure he's had a, numerous health problems. It's time for him to go. You can't say that crap. You can't, ESPN can't now allow old men to say that crap on TV, on live TV. Literally said that out of his dirty ass mouth. On TV. <laughs> say those things. It's time for you to go, bro. I'm sorry. But l- let me give you some numbers. Shadour Sanders. Shadour Sanders. 38 for 47 for 510. 500 yards. And four touchdowns. No turnovers. Colorado had no turnovers. Zero. This is the man that played at HBCU the last two years. And now Power 5 and torched TCU's ass. What is TCU had no resistance that game. TC, their office in line was so perfect. Colorado's office in line. That Sidor, I think he got sacked twice. Well, maybe, no, he did get sacked five times. Or I'm, I'm off. But anyways, that was a masterful performance. And y'all forward talking about, we got the best quarterback in the league. In Big 12, really? You just got torched by an HBCU quarterback. You got torched by a guy who got disrespected by the offensive corner for TCU. A guy that Dion was supposed to coach at TCU. Remember back uh, a year ago when they were when they were going after Coach Prime? They said they wanted Coach Prime to coach TCU. Florida State called. And then I think... uh 
I can't remember the dirt team. But anyways, remember that talk? TC, Dion started in this area. He started in this area. And then he says, nah, I'm good. Let me stay at Jackson State. Then he goes to Colorado. And then his son, 500 plus yards of offense. Then you got Chandler Morris, who was injured last year, the first game, go for 24 for 42 for 279, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Those interceptions were key. They were about to score in those, in those plays. So in the red zone, when they turn the ball over, that's easy 14 points for, for TCU. Colorado wasn't playing any defense that, that day anyways. But then again, turnovers matter. Chandler Morris was not great this game. He was horrible. If I'm TCU, I should be ashamed of myself. Like we go from Max Duggan to now Chandler Morris and now we're, we're, we're in for a, a, a an awkward season. Our first loss. Our first loss after coming as being the national championship running up last year, you lose to a team. That went one for 11 last year. Let me give you some other numbers as well. Number two, defensive coordinator. Joe Gillespie. You failed. You did not scout this game at all. I don't know what you do during the week. You probably get into your coach's meeting and say, you know, hey, let's, hey, we got this. Cardwell won't show nothing. Oh, we're we're not worried about Travis Hunter. We're not worried about Shiloh. Shiloh had ten tackles. I'm sorry. Uh, Travis Hunter had an interception. I think I I can't remember the tackle numbers that he had, but he had an interception and he had eleven receptions. A two way player at best. But you cannot accept accountability for your actions, Joe. You're the same. Idiot that gave Georgia 66 points in the championship game. But yet you give a helpless team that went 1-11 last year, revamped this whole entire roster, added 90 new players, and you gave them 45 points on your field. And you still have a job as of right now. As of 12.32 right now, you still have a job right now. Sudden Dak says, you know what, Joe? It's okay. It's all right. We're going to get it together. No, you're not. You just, you gave 45 points away. You know what? When Before before the week started, I said, Colorado is going to win. They're going to win. I said that in my mind. And then, as the game started, they dominated from the start. If you believe it or not, maybe they'll have like a few dry possessions, but they still dominated from the start. So, this is personal. You gave him 565 yards to a team that has nothing. That team there is supposed to be blown out in the Pac-12. Oregon's the better team in the Pac-12. If we're making sense of it right now. Or maybe US, I'm sorry, maybe USC. Maybe USC is a better team. But we won't know that until we reach conference play. Colorado won't know that until they reach conference play. They won't know that. 
<laughs> they won't know that. But I don't know how you how you bounce back from this. This is embarrassing. Did this? Oh, the music on. Did this? Uh, did this? This this is just too much. It's too much. I want you to come into the camera and say, I screwed up. I'm sorry, TCU fans. I'm sorry for you, AD. Y'all the ones that hired this mother. <laughs> number three. Let me give you some, let me give you another numbers. They, Dylan Edwards, five for 135 and in three touchdowns. The little ass running back. That got in the backfield. Yes, five, I think he's 5'10. Little ass running back. Scored three times. On three, three, on, on all of them three receptions. Travis Hunter, 11 for 119. I told you, like I said, a two-way superstar athlete. Number one pick in the, in, in, in the next year's draft. And I'm saying it right now. Number one pick in this year's draft, in this next year's draft. It's every weaver, six for 118. We don't know, I don't know this kid. Then you got Jimmy Horn Jr., 11 receptions with 117 and a touchdown. Again, I don't know these guys. I don't know them, but they had, they went in there and whooped y'all's asses. TCU secondary had no theme. They couldn't defend them. You're supposed to jam them at the line of scrimmage, which you did not. And then on top of that, you allow Shador to give time. I think he was there for like 10, 10 or 15 seconds in the, in the pocket. My gosh. They weren't physical this game. TCU was not. They were not. They, they, they gave up. Garbage. I think this season, they're going to regress. They're going to regress and I'll be right. Number four. How does Colorado and TCU improve? Offensively, they need to protect better offensively. I think Shador got sacked. Like I said, I think he got sacked five times. I think he did. I, I Don't quote me on that. Uh, the penalties weren't that bad. You know, six for 35. I think they need, need to clean it up a little bit better. Defensively, they need defensively is the biggest issue. You gave up, still gave up forty-two points to TCU. TCU no way in hell should have scored forty-two points. The way the game was going, but then again, you're dealing with guys that are fairly new to to the environment of Coach Prime. So Coach Prime is going to make you play. It's just that they were not ready. They they were not ready when the when the whistle when when the ball was rolling. So you got to give them a little bit more time, a little bit more practice to bring that up to speed. And, you know, again, every game is going to be different. Every game is going to, you're going to have his falls. You're going to have his strengths. And this game, I think Colorado's strengths is their defense. You get, if you call these stops on defense long term, you win games. Everyone p- predicted y'all. I predicted y'all six and six. It could happen, but the strength of this team is the offense. And Shador Sanders, and Dylan Edwards, Travis Hunter, and all those guys. 
TCU needs to tackle better. Well, no, I'm sorry. Is Colorado needs to tackle better? Uh, they were not tackling well. So we we get into the new era of tackling with one arm. We don't tackle with one arm in this era. Well, yes, you do. But my football expertise of the 2000s and and the yeah in the 2000s was to tackle form tackle two hands. I didn't see that in this game. I saw a lot of one hand tackles, attempted to tackle, and then reduced the running game. 262 yards for TCU on the ground. TCU basically kept it on the ground for Mojo. That was basically their offense. If you, if in a nutshell. Basically their offense. TCU's offense needs to reduce turnovers, control the game, and stop forcing the ball. Stop focusing on the, I'm sorry. Stop not forcing, fo- forcing the ball. Stop focusing on the talk. Now there's some players that re- watch the, do- the, the YouTube clips like myself. I watch every YouTube clip from from celebrities to practices of Colorado, everything, because Coach Prime puts it out there for everyone to see. And it's great. It's great stuff. So we learn stuff as we go about the team and the mentality of the type of energy he preached. And so I felt like TCU was focusing more on that than the game itself. They didn't know how much Colorado was going to dominate the line of scrimmage. Chandler Morris has to play aggressive. If this is if TCU, if this is your quarterback long term, he's got to play aggressive. He's got to take shots down the field. I know you don't have receivers, you don't have a running back that can't catch the ball. You got to you got to take your you got you got to be aggressive. Coach Dyke and Kendall Bryce, both of them have to prepare better. And, and I'm putting all of Coach Dykes, Coach Riles, and Coach Gillespie. All those guys have to prepare better for their opponents. They got to better play. They got to prepare better. No matter what the opponent is, they have to prepare. Now, I always said, I did say the DC should be in the hot seat. If this happens, well, he should be on the hot seat for real. He should be the hot seat, but he's not. He's going to get another chance to screw it up, screw up another game. Then how do you, how do you recover? Students, athletes, players, etc. How do y'all recover from a loss? From a team that came in there motivated, a team that, that, that easily rigs them as number one. They're, in their minds. In their minds. We know who's number one <clears throat> in all college football. Let me tell you. This will, this hurts right now. I'm not, like I said, I'm not a TCU fan. I don't care. I only care because Y'all are, y'all are local. You're all close by and I almost went to that school. If it wasn't for, uh, having a, a damaged basketball program. But nonetheless, uh, <laughs> nonetheless, students won't care. They never care. They like to be jackasses and, and, and try to disrespect Colorado, call Travis Hunter overrated, disrespect Shadul Sanders. They're going to do that because they know nothing about football. 
Period. They know nothing. They'll go to the games and cheer for their team to score a touchdown and boo the other one and disrespect the other one. They have nothing. No football. No football knowledge whatsoever. So they don't, they don't care. Players, it hurts. It hurts. Like y'all are, y'all are the ranked 17th in the country. The 17th best team in the country. Lost to an unranked team at your house on Saturday afternoon. What the hell are y'all doing? How do y'all recover? You just don't. You just, then again, you have 11 games left. So you have to put this, put this away at some point, right? And I think they will. Alright. So the final take, Colorado 45, TCU 42. Big win for Colorado. Um, let's play Dion's first six minutes of his press conference, please. Wonderful game. Wonderful beginning. Intriguing. Passionate. Purposeful. It was all of that. We had some uh, guys that singled themselves out with their playing and their playing ability. A lot of guys you doubted. One of them from HBCU. I think he had uh, 510 yards passing in a Power 5 football game. And he happened to be my son. And I'm proud of him tremendously. Uh, defensively, we had some letdowns, but the guys came and made the plays when they needed. I think we broke a record. Everything we do seems like a record. Four receivers with 100 yards. Uh, we didn't run the ball greatly, but we, we threw the heck out of the football. Um, Savion, another back, played a, a great game. All the guys contributed, Dylan as well as uh, Hankerson. The line did their thing, fought their butts off. We got to fix some things on defense, especially special teams, because I think we gave up uh, three or four turnovers. We gave up the kickoff. We had a, a, a fumble. Uh, a couple other things happened in the first half. But hats off to the opposing team, their coach greatly. Uh, I believe their head coach, I I love him to life, what he did, turning the program around at SMU as well as uh, here last year. Good man. I had a moment with him in the middle of the field when one of the guys were injured just to let him know how much I appreciate him, how much I respect him for what he's accomplished. And I, and I, I really look up to him. He's a good man, and his team is well coached today. Let's have some questions so I can go back and enjoy myself with my kids. Brian, go ahead. There's no mic. Coach, how much fun was today for you just to see all the hard work come and you guys produce a victory in that first game? Well, it was, uh, I'm not going to say it was fun. It was satisfying in the end. you got to understand, time the second ticks off the clock, I'm ready for the next. Like I'm thinking, okay, we got to fix this, fix that, fix that, because we got to be much more dominant uh, next week. In all phases, not just uh, one phase, but offensively, defensively, special teams. Offense, we, we did it. Defense, we got to fix some things. The special teams were horrendous. We got a, a kick block as well as uh, Derner gave up a touchdown. That was horrendous. All right, I'll go ahead. How you doing, sweetheart? For real? Shador Sanders from my HBCU? The one that played at Jackson last year? The one that you asked me, why would I give him the starting job? But like that, that, no, not you. I got receipts. I know who they are. Not you, baby. I just gotta say it. I would never do that. 
Wow. Well, he and Shallow just came uh, when I was on the training room getting my foot worked on. He and Shallow just came, and of course, Junior was filming it. So we had a dad moment. They were really happy, uh, elated. Shallow came in there being apologetic because he, he knew the couple tackles he missed. I'm on his butt right now. But he said he had 10 tackles, and I checked the stats, and he, I think he did. So, but I was just dad in there uh, moments ago, and I'm proud of uh, both of them, really. I really am. And, and, and Junior, because his work shows. His work is why some of you are here. Yes. Can't can he? I try to tell you, but Jay want to believe me because I'm just a, you know, I'm just a lofty old young coach. I don't know nothing about football. You know, I just played in the NFL for 14, played at a high level in college before. You know, and been coaching youth all the way up for a long time. Why? How do you think we got Dylan Edwards? I coached him when he was four to seven years old. That's why we got Dylan Edwards. So, Travis. Uh, is is him like the young folks say Travis is it I, I really think uh, you know I always promote all my kids I really think we got a couple guys that uh, should be front runners for the Heisman right now I really that's how I feel and I want to promote my kids at all costs but we got a couple of them that who did that who did what they did today Adam go ahead well, Dylan Edwards is uh, phenomenal. I've been saying that since he was four years old. And we see that in practice all the time. Don't let the size fool you. Dylan looks in the mirror like shallow Hal. He thinks he's, when he looks in the mirror, he sees a 215-pound man that's probably about 6'4". That's the way Dylan addresses life. And uh, I think he, he had a little injury of his ankle early on and he thought it popped I'm like no nah, no nah, God wouldn't have brought you this far for that not right now watch you what the impact you're going to have in this game and he had tremendous impact Dylan is a dog man but you're going to consistently see what he does on a weekly basis because this is how he practiced this is how Travis practiced this is how Shador practiced this is how those receivers I've been talking about and talking about that you didn't believe this is how they really go to work the defensive front I mean this is how they went to work as well we got to clean up some things, but those guys, were, I think they played a pretty good game. Turn on the film. I tell them to turn on the film. We're gonna we're gonna continuously be questioned because we do things that have never been done. That's the way our life has presented themselves. We do things that have never been done, and that makes people uncomfortable. When you see a, a confident black man sitting up here talking his talk, walking his walk, coaching 75% African Americans in the locker room, that's kind of threatening. Oh, they don't like that. But guess what? We're going to consistently do what we do. Because I'm here and ain't going nowhere. And I'm about to get comfortable in a minute. I'm about to get comfortable in a minute. <laughs> so you heard from Coach Prime. Um, really, I'm, I'm really pumped for the next game. I really am. I want to, I'm here for it. Now, that was not an embarrassing loss for TCU. Well, actually it is, because he, they were 20 point favorites to win this game. 
you gotta understand something. There was college football played. There was embarrassing losses all over the place. Especially here in Texas, right? So, let's talk about, let's, I'm, I'm not gonna give TCU some grace anyways. Let's, let's say recipes of Texas Tech. Texas Tech got their ass whooped by Wyoming. All that crap you were talking about, go beat Texas. That's what the commissioner said. The Big 12 commissioner said it to Tech in front of everybody at Tech. Go beat Texas. Okay, fine. I think that game's on November 25th. Fine, whatever. But yet, you can't say that crap and then you lose to Wyoming in overtime. Which Texas plays in the next two weeks. What? You just lost to the worst team in the league. <laughs> Who is Wyoming? Where, where, what is in Wyoming? There's nothing there. And you went in there. And you freaking lost. Tech has not had the defense since, God, uh, since when I was alive. They don't have, they have nothing. All that crap, y'all. Talk, y'all feel like you're you're the best team in, the, in Texas. You're not. Another another a game that I saw, Texas State beat Baylor. Wow, wow. You're telling me that Texas State beat Baylor in Baylor? What what is going on with y'all? What is wrong with y'all? Why are y'all losing to these to these worthless colleges? No disrespect, though. They're worthless. They have no football. They have nothing in their areas. They're getting transferred from everywhere. The quarterback for uh for Texas State is from Auburn and LSU. And failed at both, but goes to Texas State and beats Baylor in Baylor. So all y'all, Baylor, TCU, and Tech, all y'all should be ashamed of yourselves. Including North Texas, which lost fifty eight to twenty one. Which I was supposed to go to the game, but I did not. Cause you know why? Cause I felt like Colorado, I felt like California's gonna whoop us, and they did. How do you lose 37 points at home? At home. And I don't care giving them grant. I don't, I don't give a rat's ass about it. I don't care. You, I, uh, at least make the game manager. At least lose by 20. Lose by 20, then I say, you know what? Fine. We're, we're back. But no, no, I can tell you, I can tell you a quick bit about it is that our offense sucks. Our defense sucks as well. So this is, this is going to be a, a rebuilding year for UNT. Maybe not TCU, but rebuilding. I didn't really want to dive into that because there's nothing to dive into when you talk about a team in Denton losing by 37 points. There's nothing. But then again, you got Baylor and then Tech, both of them losing. TCU as well. So what really happened? What is going on with y'all? What is wrong with y'all? Take care of business from the start. Stop screwing around with these teams. Stop it. Okay. 
you can't continue to screw around like this. It's the first game. Jobs on the line. But anyways. Moving on. Next next week, you got games. You got the, the other game I want to talk about. The other school I want to talk about is Texas. I want to break that down. Rice versus Texas. Because it was a blowout. Texas won 37 to 10. Okay. Listen, Quinn Harris, let me tell you something. This man has, he's proved a little bit from last year. Just a little bit. Not, not to my liking. He went 19 for 30 for 260 and three touchdowns. I mean, he looked great. He looked good. But not, not that great. Um, I'm on your ass, Quinn. I'm on your ass. How are you going to take, you are supposed to lead this team to the big, big 12 title. Yes. You beat Rice. Of course. Everybody beats Rice. Of course. Fine. But I'm on your ass. I'm on the whole Texas ass. Not only that, I had family members go to that school, but these naysayers say, y'all should win the Big 12. You're the favorites to win the Big 12. What? Where did that come from? Coming from a coach that, that, that went to the SEC, that's coming from the SEC, then y'all are going to the SEC next season, and then they pick y'all to win the Big 12? Again, no one looked impressive. Even y'all. Y'all didn't look great at all. But you gotta, it takes time. It takes time for everyone to get back up to speed and play these games and, and, um, you know, you know, get familiar with each other. But, um, Quinn, you struggle with your deep ball. For me, for me, for me. I don't care. I don't care about what, what, what happens. But I'm on you. I'm on you in Texas. It's everywhere they should have transferred. Cause he's that good of a receiver. I just feel like he didn't, he's not getting the ball enough. That's what I feel like. I feel like he's not getting the ball enough. But then again, he has seven receptions, but for 90 yards. I want that to increase by three or four receptions. Every game. That would show the real potential, real NFL talent potential of him. Then you got help. You got Jordan Willington who went four for 47. Jatavian Sanders went two for 44. He, had, he scored a touchdown. Uh, the quarterback has to get the ball out. So you got to get the ball out, Quinn. No matter who the quarterback is. Then the defense looked great. They held the, the, the team to, they held the rights to 27 yards rushing in total. They forced three turnovers and they were relentless to the ball. The only thing is the front four has to stay healthy. They have to stay healthy. If you're ever going to have success in the long, in the long season that it is, you got to stay healthy, especially in the front four. I think our biggest strength is the front, front four for Texas wise on the defense wise. Number four, and I did see this headline. I didn't mean to, I didn't click on it, but I did see that Arch Manning did not get playing time. I saw that headline and I said, 
Archman just got there. Archman is a freshman, a true freshman, playing college football for the first time. It's okay that he will sit out for a year. Also, it's fine. It's between Quinn and Malik Murphy. I think that's correct. Yes. Malik Murphy. Go, those guys are experienced. It's okay. Listen, they view Arch as a celebrity because, you know, you got two of your, uh, nephews played in the NFL. Yeah. He's going to play at some point, but not this year. I hope. I hope not this year. Because the man's not ready. It's all this hype nonsense. He's not ready. He, he, he's not better than the Eli and Pacers of the world. He's not. He's just Arch Manning. He just got there. Let him write his own legacy. He may not be at Texas. Maybe at some other school if he does transfer. Which I don't think he will. But give it time, Texas fans. It's okay. It's okay. It's all right. Maybe Quinn Harris can lead you to the Big 12 title, or maybe not. But then again, I'm on your ass, Quinn Harris. I'm on your ass. You better lead us to the title, or else somebody's going to get fired. Somebody's going to get fired. Whether it's the head coach or oh, somebody's going to go. I'm on you. <laughs> now, my final take is... uh there is seven to ten UT, no surprise there. They got Alabama next. I, I label that as the toughest game in the week because you got to go to Alabama, you got to play against them, and it is is so and so. I honestly think that Texas will go to Alabama and beat Alabama. Am I crazy? I think I am because Alabama cannot be beaten. But I, but the game that I saw, the highlights that I saw, because I, again, I don't have ESPN. I saw nothing. I don't have it. I saw clips of Alabama on YouTube. I have nothing. What am I supposed to lean on to? I don't have ESPN. The game is on ESPN. I don't have it. I gotta go and watch it elsewhere. I don't have it. <laughs> but. But anyways, uh, I don't know the storylines on this because I didn't really uh, <laughs> get into that. But I know that I know that Texas will need to run the ball. They need to run the ball effectively against this Alabama defense. They need to be able to uh, Quinn Harris needs to be be able to stand in the pocket and take hits because the hits are coming. But. You know, we'll see what happens. Those are my keys. Run the ball. Let Quinters get some time. And then, uh, defensively, we want pressure on their quarterback. I don't know their quarterback's name. I can't remember his name. But then again, I don't have ESPN. I don't know these quarterbacks. I don't know these quarterbacks. I don't know those quarterbacks, period. I don't know them at all. <laughs> Thank you, Spectrum. Assholes. But, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> But, <laughs> but anyways, uh, those are my keys, guys. Um, I'll figure out a way. I'll figure it out. I hope they don't come back, honestly. If you're gonna leave us in the dark on special side, I don't want y'all to come back, is I don't want you to come back to our TVs. I don't want that at all. <laughs> 
But that's enough of my college football time. I, I think I've covered every game that I watched this weekend. I actually, I listened to the California versus North Texas game because, again, it was on ESPNU, and I don't have that. I don't have that. I have to literally go to the game or watch it somewhere else, which if you go somewhere else to watch it, then somebody else will change the channel and be upset, and they want to watch their own college football team. Like, this is Texas. This is all Texas. We got we to gotta watch Texas stuff. We're not going to watch A&M crap themselves. We're definitely not going to watch North Texas lose by 37 points. I wanted to watch it, but I didn't go to the bar this weekend. Because you know why? Because people get in the way. People talk to you like, drunk. They talk to you crazy. And I didn't want to be a part of that. But I, will, I, I have to be a part of that. I have to be. But anyways, guys. Since Gabe is here. Coming up next, let, let's talk about some Cowboy stuff and what we expect this season and our, if our predictions are correct. Let's talk about it on the other side. It's Fishbowl Radio's Beyond the Game.
you and just for the night, yeah, just for the night. Do I wanna lose all that I have? You could be amused and help me care, but I just need you to come break my back. If you wanna attack it, it's just that, that's just love. I'ma be real, you just my type. I got a man, but he ain't in sight right now, so. Welcome back to the Beyond the Game podcast on Fishbowl Radio and among other streams as well. Thank you guys for listening or watching to me today. And uh yes, so the season starts for the Cowboys and it goes the fifth, so it's about five days from now. Okay, it's five days. So it's on the tenth and I will not and I'll be all over it this season. Okay, like I did last season. I'll um, dive into every game, do my five takes about it, watch every film possible, listen to everything. This is my own podcast talking about it, like I did this off season. And so now, when the season is here, we got the Giants, and we have some things to talk about. And Gabe is here. Hello, hello, well, hello. welcome back, Gabe. Thank you, thank you, thank, thank you for, for me. Glad to be back. It's been over a month or ha- month and a half that I haven't seen it's you. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's pretty much since uh, basketball season ended. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So. so, glad to have you back. Thank you. Thank and, you. Um, so, we watched the preseason games. Mm-hmm. And we saw a lot of offensive, defensive stuff. Um, I don't... I told you... I told... I, I told viewers, I said... I don't care about the kicking situation because I know we got that on lock. But before we get to our records, what is your offensive? What 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 is the offensive looks like? Offensive, I guess, prognosis look like to you? I'm gonna be honest with you. This offense is gonna is gonna go as far as that takes it. Um, we got all the pieces we need. Just being totally honest. Brandon Cooks is a thousand yard receiver no matter what quarterback he's ever had. Right. I saw that statistic the other day and it blew my mind. I was like, so you telling me he did this in Houston, he did this in Minnesota, <laughs> like in places where they don't yeah. have great quarterback play. Right. Um, and that's a thousand yard receiver. Easy money. Right. And we got CD as well, who's, okay. he needs to be more consistent with catching the ball. Yes. Um, but he's a great asset to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is he is our number one receiver at the end of the day, of course. Um, and then we also got a third receiver, Michael Gallup, who is now healthy and ready to go. Mm-hmm. We also got Tony Pollard in the backfield. We got a Deuce Vaughn, yes. who who's I think is going to have a a bigger impact on this offense than we think. He's kind of going to take that what Tony Pollard was for Zeke. Mm-hmm. He's going to be that for Tony Pollard. Right. Um, 
And so I actually really, I love what I saw from Deuce in the preseason. Mm-hmm. Um, offensive line, we've locked down Terrence Steele. We've locked mm-hmm. down Zach Martin. We still yes. have Tyron Smith. Mm-hmm. So we have our, our core of our offensive line. Right. Um, so again, this offense is going to go as far as Dak takes it. Like, okay. as long as we don't turn the ball over, our defense is solid. So I do believe we'll be in a lot of games that we maybe wouldn't be in. Mm-hmm. Um, when it concerns Philly and some mm-hmm. of the other people, uh, we have Miami, some of those teams that are like really, really talented yeah. <laughs> that we have on our schedule. Right. Um, our defense is going to keep us in a lot of those games because we're stacked. You really think Miami's talented? I do. Um, I think the difference between Miami and us is not much. Okay. Um, I think Tua's health is a concern, mm. obviously, but outside of that, I think they're a solid team. Um, I think they're a team that's sneaky. Yeah. They're a very sneaky, good team. Um, Interesting. So okay, I just want to ask you that because I was like, when you brought up Miami, I was like, yeah, I was because I I said that because I was looking at our first six games. Yes. Um, and so we have the Giants, the Jets, the Patriots. The um, you had the Patriots the third game. The, the, the third I, game is the Cardinals. Arizona is Arizona then the Patriots, and okay. then I think it's yes, Miami or is it L.A. I can't remember. Um, I forgot the order, but okay. I know both of those teams are on our schedule. Um, and so Chargers game is going to be a crucial one to me. Um, yes. That's one that I know Kellen Moore is going to try to do yeah. his best. Uh, yeah, he's going <laughs> to. It's, it's a statement game. Yeah, it's I, I feel like it's going to be a statement game. Um, my overall prognosis of the offense is that, um, I and I agree with you, the only thing my concern is the completion percentage. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want that to creep up to at least 70 to 80%. Mm-hmm. I know it's not going to be that way because he's yeah. going to miss some throws, but I think if we get his completion percentage up to like that 70 range, mm-hmm. then, then I think, I think that, um, that, that the seat that he won't throw as much as inter- interceptions as, as he's prone to in past years. And to your point, I think. A lot of the offense is going to be centered around running the ball, um, more yes. so than throwing it. I think we'll, we'll probably be a balanced team when it comes down to it, but I think we'll run the ball more He's than coming we off did last injury. year. Um, Pollard is Pollard coming is coming off, off of an injury. injury. It was a serious injury, but it was at the same time it was a very recoverable ankle right. injury. So um, I think he'll be back to yeah. himself. Um, I don't think it's. I mean, especially just based upon everything that I've been hearing. Right. Um, he's he's ready to roll. Okay. Um, so. I was just thinking about, um, you know, speaking of the running game. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, you know, I again, um, I didn't get into the Deuce Vaughn hype until I went to, well, I went to see it in person the first mm-hmm. piece of the game in person. Yeah. I didn't get into that until he scored that touchdown. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really get into that hype. Yeah. And now I'm in that hype. Yeah. And so, to me, why Ronald Jones? Why Ronald Jones? And because he's suspended for the first two, so why keep him on the team? That's my question. Hmm. Like, if you're going to go release Malik Davis, okay, we're gonna we kept three running backs, right? We kept Pollard, we kept Vaughn, we kept um, who's the other one I'm talking about? Oh, Dowd. Dawa. I know you're Rico Dawa. Yeah, Rico Dawa. Yeah. We kept him, but we released Malik. Well, Malik Davis was released, and then Ronald Jones is suspended for two games. So, mm-hmm. 
when he comes back, I want to know what his role is. Like, what is his role? Is it special teams? Because you're not going to put these balls on special teams. That's nah. you can't you can't do that. I I, think, I don't think you can. I think Deuce will end up being a number two. Yeah. Being totally honest, like I, he has to be. He has to be. But I think long term, he's the perfect number two. Yeah. He's the perfect. He can catch the ball. Mm. Um, he can. He's very. He's. He reminds me of Darren Sproles. Yes. A lot. Like I. I see that a lot in him. Mm-hmm. Um. And I remember that combination of Darren Sproles and LT back in the day. Uh, yes. When, oh, uh, when me too. Darren Sproles first got drafted and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um. So that was a lot of fun to watch, and I think we have that potential with Pollard being if he's healthy completely. Right. Um. And Duzvan in that backfield. Right. Now Ronald Jones, I don't know what his role is going to be. I think it could that, be. That's a question to me. That's going to be weird, but I don't think it is going to affect anything on, as far as like what we see on the field. I think right. he'll just fit in, get in where he fits in, mm-hmm. um, because he he wasn't an integral part in our offense anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, so he's just an option, right? And that sounds bad, but yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I mean, yeah, that's that's yeah. honest. That's yeah. honest. Um, you mentioned all those three wide receivers, mm-hmm. and I agree with you. You know, my my dark horse wide receiver is Jalen Tolbert. Tolbert. Yeah, I, I feel like he. I feel like he. He. This is his moment. Yeah, I feel like he's going to come in, and when his number is going to be called, he's going to come in and shine. Yeah, because I, I think all preseason long he he out, he proved himself, mm-hmm. and and I feel like this offense will need somebody like that. Yeah. You don't have to line up uh, Turpin back there to run off or put him at wide receiver. You can put Jalen Turpin. You got like four, four or maybe five quality wide receivers on this team. Yeah. And so I do think he's going to be this dark horse. This team's dark horse. Mm-hmm. This teams are not going to be. Up, they're going to defend CD and Brandon Cooks. Mm-hmm. Maybe not Michael Gallup as much. Yeah. But though they won't be ready for Jalen Torbert, which I think he's going to have a breakout second year. And to be totally honest with you, I think that the receivers that we have, like CD is going to demand attention, right? Mm-hmm. You can't yeah. let him just get loose and go crazy on your defense or else he can win you games. He's got to catch the ball. He's got that, that's, that's, yeah. that's my thing. He's got to catch the ball. Yeah, I agree. Um, that's the biggest thing. It's too many drops for a number one receiver. Yes. And that's I think that's something that he knows that he's got to work on. He's yes. been working on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited to see his evolution and elevation as he continues because this is what year three or four. Uh, this is should be 2020. So this is year four. Year four. Yeah. So yeah, um, I think this is where we see that next level. For right. Um, but Brandon Cooks being a number two option. That's a big number two option. He is used to having to be essentially Houston's number one. Right. They didn't have nobody else after DeAndre <laughs> Hopkins left. And he, I mean, he stepped up to the plate and did what he was supposed to do. He's done the same thing in New Orleans. He did the same right. thing in every situation that he's been in. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's taking advantage of his opportunities. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see that combination because who do you really defend? Either one of them, if well, they get loose. Yeah. You got a problem on your hand. <laughs> you, you just throw it short to Torbert that he can give you like yeah. 10, 10 and 12 yards. And yeah, a, and a game. Michael Gallup is our deep threat. He's always mm-hmm. been, he's been that. Right. So CD being a smaller f- receiver for a number one, mm-hmm. um, Michael Gallup kind of gives you that deep threat potential. Right. He can go up and get those balls that mm-hmm. a lot of other receivers can't. So right. 
Um, especially now that he's healthy. I feel like last year he wasn't all the way healthy. Right. Um, he was trying to fight through that knee the injury. injury. ACL. So, yeah. So I think it's, I'm excited. I, mm-hmm. I really, after watching the preseason, I got a little bit more excited. Right. Um, just because I like the way that we mm-hmm. kind of look. I like the way the play calling looked. Mm-hmm. I like um, the new offense. Yeah. The new offense, the Texas Coast offense. I like mm-hmm. that one. I like the offense. I like to mix it up a little bit, yeah. even though Dak did not play in the preseason. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I wanted to ask you about Trey Lance. Yeah. So basically, man. basically, and again, you know, I don't click on headlines that don't make sense. Mm-hmm. So when Mike Greenberg of ESPN was talking about Trey Lance mm-hmm. being a quarterback next season, mm-hmm. I didn't click on that link. Yeah. Because I said that doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Dak's going to be here forever. And you're going to pay Dak forever. So, Unless he plays he plays poorly, then you, you have to go with Cooper Rush. I'm going to tell you right now, two things that I know won't happen. Mm-hmm. If Dak plays like he did last year, mm-hmm. they would not pay him again. That You can't justify paying him a $100 million contract again. But he'll command that. that. He'll command He'll sit out. And he'll, yeah, he'll command that, and he'll be commanding that from a different team, from a different sideline. <laughs> Because I can I can just tell by how Jerry is moving. Right. Trey Lance's was that was a message. He sent a message. Yeah. That's a, at I, the end of the day, he's like, "Look, if you're not going to step up to the plate, mm-hmm. I got to start building for the future." Right. Trey Lance is not a next year starter. He's not even right. a year after that starter. Right. But the reality is, he is a, a developmental quarterback that mm-hmm. was taken at number three in the draft for a reason. Right. There's talent there. Right. So, to me, I can't see. A world where Dak isn't the quarterback of the Cowboys, mm-hmm. but granted, I already know what time it is. I know what time it is. If him and Mike McCarthy don't get it together this year mm-hmm. and at least get to an NFC Championship, we're gonna have problems in Dallas, and that's just the reality. Jerry's not playing either coaching or new quarterback. But yeah. I found out, I found out when I was, I was in the airport mm-hmm. that they got Trey Lance. I found that out, and I immediately said. I said what you said. Mm-hmm. He sent a message out. Mm-hmm. Jerry's tired. He yeah. wants to win. And you can't. I said, give about three years. Mm-hmm. Trey Lance will start for this team. Yeah. It's 2026. Yeah. But he, he, he won't win. That's the thing. Yeah. He won't win. Like, this is not, it's not a band-aid. This is not a band-aid deal. It's going to, he has to be has able to, to work himself in the offense. And, and like you said, he's got to be able to develop. Because mm-hmm. he, because he didn't develop that in, in San Francisco. And to your Cooper Rush point, Cooper Rush is not a starting quarterback. And people he has a year that. left. This he, is, this could be yeah. the last year. Cooper Rush is not a starting quarterback. And the reality is he's an excellent backup quarterback. He does exactly yes. what you need him to do. Right. He's going to hand the ball off and he's going to dink and dunk all over the field. Of course. That's what you need. You want him to manage the game. Mm-hmm. That's what he's good for. If you open the playbook up to him and you let him throw the ball down the field and all of the stuff and now he's starting to force balls and now he's starting to have to do real quarterback things. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like there's a di- right. it's very easy to tell the difference between a starter mm-hmm. and a backup. Right. He is a fan- phenomenal backup. Yes. He can save your yes. season if you have an injury to your starter. Mm-hmm. But he is not your long-term starter. He's and so not. He that's why Jerry team. makes this move. Right. Jerry makes this move because he's like, look, I know I got an excellent backup in Cooper Rush, but mm-hmm. truth of the matter is I can't build with him. Everybody knows that. Of course. But let me go get this young kid who 
hasn't really had. I mean, he's they tried to give him an opportunity in San Francisco, mm-hmm. but San Francisco's offense doesn't really suit him well. Right. Um, he needs something with a little bit more structure, like he had in North Dakota. Right. Um, so Dallas, I think, is a better fit for Trey Lance's game. Mm-hmm. Um, versus that West Coast mm. option based style. Uh, Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, that Kyle Shanahan off- offense is, right. it doesn't really suit him well. Um, so it on top not. of him learning this Dallas type of style of play, mm. is he gets time to develop because you gotta at least give Dak another two years. Well, let me ask so. you this. He, so now the clock is ticking for, for Trey Lance. So not for Trey Lance, for Dak, mm-hmm. more mind the heart to get it correctly. Yeah. So are you saying that one or two things could happen? Either Dak could le- they can release Dak mm-hmm. or they can fire Mike McCartney. I think both will happen. Because you gotta think you about You gotta this. rebuild though. That's the exactly. you can't rebuild. You gotta commit at that point you're committing to a rebuild. And oh that's oh gosh, gosh, and that's gosh. rough. It's a that's rough road. Rough, rough. It's a very, very rough Woo. road, and it's gonna look crazy for a while. Yeah, for sure. But I'm just saying, if they don't get it together and at least get this team to an NFC Championship game this year, mm-hmm. there will be problem changes in Dallas. I can, I can clearly see it. It's clear as day. You give Mike McCarthy the reins. You tell him, look, this is yours. Oh, we got God, rid of Kellen Moore, who was a superstar offensive coordinator for you. So you can have complete control of this offense, mm-hmm. like you're used to having. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's see how this goes. Let's let's do it. We're all in with you two. Now, if you don't produce as a business owner, what do I have to do? I have to make changes. That's Jerry's mentality. So okay. he's looking at. He I, wants to win now. I, we I got the pieces that. to win now. You don't want to waste Michael Parsons' best years. No, I understand that. No, you don't want to waste Trayvon Diggs' best years. Five you don't want to waste CD Lance. Five years. years, five years, exactly for Tray Trayvon Diggs. Yeah, five years. You, you, you're saying five years for <laughs> for a Super Bowl run. Yeah, because like, you got the pieces. That's the thing that I want the Cowboys fans to realize. You can't buy into this team because of the pieces. Because on paper, we look extremely competitive. Mm-hmm. We look like a top three team in the NFC. Of course. Easy. Of course. Easy. I can't name three teams that look better on paper. Who's the other, play. who's the other two? I, uh, I can only name the Eagles, but you said three. The Eagles. I don't maybe know. Maybe San other. Francisco. Just I don't, on even paper. Put them I don't on know. There. I'm just throwing them in there because they were in the NFC championship there. game last year. No, so. I don't. No, I don't think I'm, I mean, they made the NFC championship. I don't think I'm, I'll put them on there yet. Like I like. I mean, you, you can't play, deny well, they're a top team in the NFC. I, I'm not going. Well, I, who's I, better? I'm going to. I'm going to deny them because because I want to see a full season of Brock Purdy. We saw half of it. I get Brock that. Purdy went seven and zero. Oh. He didn't look great in those seven games because but the defense listen, was carrying them. Listen, even without Brock, take Brock, Brock Purdy off of that team and look okay. at their personnel. Okay, their personnel. Has everything that you can. They have the defense yes. that is lights out. They have two quality receivers. They got two quality receivers. You have Christian McCaffrey in the back. Yes. That is a lot of talent, right? That I mean, the quarterback is the most important. But they got to finish. The field. They got to finish. finish. They do. And I don't believe in them either. But I'm saying from a talent perspective, we're just talking about on paper. Okay. Of course. I I can't see putting them. I mean, there is right. They right there neck and neck with us in terms of talent on paper. Of course. So I, I, that's all that I'm debating. I'm not predicting that they're going to be right. one of the best teams in the NFC. I don't believe that. 
because I don't believe in Brock Purdy the way that a lot I of don't believe do. in him either. Uh-huh. I mean, I I just think that they they I just think that they should have gave him another chance. Yeah, Trey Lance another chance, another chance to start on this team. But at the end of the day, they look at it like, look, Brock Purdy came in and played flawless football for eight games. <laughs> I mean, he did. <laughs> he did. He did. He played flawless football for eight games. He did. He, he didn't look great. Consistent. He didn't look great. The only time that he struggled was when they got to the NFC Championship game. And obviously, yes. he had that injury, and but he was struggling before the injury. It was just a lot. That game was a mess. It was just too much. Um, but outside of that, he played flawless football. Mm. So, yeah, they – I do, I do believe Brock Purdy deserves a whole season to just showcase what he's capable of. Let's see. Um, he may fit well in that particular offense because it doesn't require you to do a whole lot. They got mm-hmm. George Kittle at tight end. They got Debo. They got like they have a ton of talent. They do have a ton of talent, but the ball needs to get a out. A lot of a lot of quarterbacks can be successful in that offense. Yes. That's why Trey Lance got shipped out because they're like, bro, if you can't play with all of this talent, what do you? How can you? Kyle Shanahan doesn't gonna believe do? in that. And yeah, exactly. Like, that offense is very difficult and it doesn't suit every quarterback, which mm-hmm. is why I believe Trey Lance will fit better with us versus yes. there. Right. But at the same time, there is some truth about him not performing mm-hmm. with that level of talent. Right. You know? So, I agree. Um, that's why I do think he needs development. I think it's going to take time. And this is, right. it's not though it's not an dir- immediate threat to Dak, it's a message to Dak. Like, right. we're either it's you or we're building for the future because I'm, I can't afford to invest another hundred million dollars into you gosh well I mean like Jerry said you gotta pay Micah yeah and Micah will command that contract from a different team if this team does not get to the ceiling yeah. in this year or the next year and a, a big thing for me with the Cowboys has always been discipline mm-hmm. we have lacked discipline since 2002 are you talking about penalties? Penalties, um, off the field stuff, off the field stuff. Sam Williams, all of it, all of it. I'm talking about all of it. There's a lack of discipline that is embedded in this culture, and I think that it needs to be addressed. I think we have a very comfortable environment for these players to be. Okay, in. it's like a little spoiled kid. Of course, it's like when you keep giving. And given they didn't learn how to manipulate the system. Of course. And I think that Frisco, the star, all of that is beautiful. I yeah. live by it. I see it every day. Of course. It's beautiful. It's an amazing environment. But I can easily see players taking advantage of that opportunity. Because you don't go nowhere else and have a practice facility like that. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. You, right. Like, you, there's not another team in the league who's who's invested that much money because they can't. This is a $9 billion franchise. You have all the glitz and glamour of Dallas. You got all of that. And I think people lose sight of the fact that it's created a culture of undisciplined players. So until you bring a coach in that can change that, and I don't believe Mike McCarthy is this coach. I don't think. Who was that, that coach then? I don't know. Because there's no, there, because there, there was no one there. You realize that. Yeah. You realize there's a trend and this, this trend is starting right now in the NBA. Yeah. The WNBA has followed it. There's mm-hmm. a trend where there's coaches out there over the age of 50. Mm-hmm. They're not going to after anymore. Yeah. Like if you're over 50 years old or 60, you're done. Yeah. Like Mark McCarty's 
heading that way. Mm-hmm. And they're going younger. So you talk about coaches that are like in that late 30s to like mid 40s range. You're going to get a job whether in the NBA or the WNBA. They're, they're starting this trend right now. So the NFL has started this trend yeah. again. So Arizona and Indy is respect, respectively have guys that are like, they're like 37, 38 years old. Mm-hmm. They're going more younger. Yeah. So you talk about discipline. Mm-hmm. I mean, where are you going to get that discipline from? Because think- you got to understand something. Everybody is responsible for their actions. Sam Williams, if you have to have somebody to hold your hand. Yeah. During the week. Mm-hmm. Let's do that. Sam Williams. Again, I do. I don't care. Well, I do care a little bit. But I want someone to be around him. But you know I, As a young player, I'm sorry. I, I can't do it. I'm gonna That's tell you twice. Something. I think that with Sam Williams' situation specifically, I feel that there is... It's personal stuff. At the end of the day, you got your own path to nobody can really guide you when it concerns stuff like this right like nobody's gonna be able to hold your hand because that's gonna one that's gonna get on your nerves somebody always being there (laughs) (laughs) like bro i some i get it there's young players that come from certain environments that don't know no different they can't the education game yeah the education starts in college so when you're educated in college about your living stuff but college can't prepare you for what money brings and that's the one thing oh, that I, I believe. That's true. Like now college players are starting to make money and stuff like that. And right. it's only, but it's only the top tier level talent. Mm. Like college cannot prepare you for what money brings. Money brings a certain environment, a certain group of people around you, people that you don't know if they real or if they fake. You don't know if they mm. just around you because you have that money. Right. It's a different level of. Mm. It's a different, it's just a different mentality that you gotta have when you get money. So, and that's in any industry. That's bigger than football. That's bigger than the Cowboys. It's in anything. The moment you start getting money, your your surroundings change. What you do changes. Right. Who you with changes. Mm -hmm. So, um, I just think that the NFL specifically, like, and I'm, I'm gonna just keep it on the Cowboys. The Cowboys have always had undisciplined players. It started have, oh, in the it's 90s. It's been that way. It started in the 90s. Yeah, like, they, I mean, I've heard all the stories from Michael Irvin and all of them about how they right. used to have a little party house in uh, Valley Ranch, like, right behind right. the facility. Oh, they, my gosh. Like, it was just a <laughs> lot of stuff. Like, right. they've always had the freedom to mm-hmm. be those celebrities in Dallas, and that's kind of the culture that was been created. Of course. Granted, in the 90s, they were winning with it. Right. So, it's a double-edged sword. It's like... Yeah, I want to protect these players. I want to make sure that they have everything that they need and mm. that they have the freedom to enjoy what right. they've earned and all that kind of stuff. But right. at the same time, when it comes to the game, like just penalties, I can even just go to penalties. This is totally separate from personal issues. That's coaching. Penalties, that's undisciplined players with coaching that you doesn't know what you should enforce do. that discipline. You know what you should do? Like there's an old trend when you make a mistake and then this was in basketball too if you turn the ball over mm-hmm. you should run for every turnover yeah this team the, this generation does not accept punishment 
Like, like if you turn the ball, like I'm a, I'm a big proponent, and when you turn the ball over 20 times a game mm-hmm. or any game possible, you're gonna run. Yeah, like you're gonna run for that. That's how and I grew so too. You gotta, you gotta take care of the rock, and you gotta take care of your personal stuff. Because to me personally, right? To me, I like you said they have too much freedom. But to me, it's like it's like when would it stop when would it stop that these players like Sam Williams like like this is a training camp type of deal we're we're back in the Metroplex Mm -hmm. it's not like we're doing this in California we're back here and and you're doing this stuff Mm -hmm. and now you're facing discipline by the NFL and so moving forward personal stuff and I'll get to the off on the field stuff in a second moving forward something has to be done something has somebody they got to bring somebody in that educates that maybe a legend maybe somebody like a Michael Irving that's but, been through that or Nate Newton that's been through that or uh, who else uh, Emmett Smith who's the calmer one Troy Aikman not even Troy Aikman I'm sorry Emmett Smith, Michael Irvin, those guys that still live in the Metroplex come in and educate the young players. I'm going to tell you, like, I believe that's that. off the field stuff. Players today, just like any, they're all in their 20s. Yes. For the most part. Of um, course. I say, I bring that up because of the fact that a lot of these people in this generation that are in their 20s, I'm in my 20s, I can speak to it, I know mm-hmm. from experience. Yes. They can't hear the voices of somebody who's older than them. Right. Because at the end of the day, I think this generation, because we've had so much change and mm-hmm. stuff happen and technology advancement, all this different type of stuff, mm-hmm. we have this know-it-all complex where we don't need anybody. Right. We don't hear the OG. Mm-hmm. Regardless of what package it comes in, we're, again, no matter where, what walk of life you're in, mm-hmm. there's a, there's a younger generation who doesn't want to hear anybody talk about anything. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm like, I got, they like, I got this. Mm-hmm. I got it. I don't need no help. I want to do this on my own. I'm going to figure it out. Right. And, to me I feel like that's a generational thing it's not necessarily like you can bring in anybody that you want Mm -hmm. but it can go in one year and out the other the ones that take it and do something with it they were already going to do something with that information anyway they had it in them so right you got to be able to run it well on the field when you make those ridiculous penalties like holding um, pass interference you got to be able to defend better yeah. When you're in those situations. But you know, again, like going back to the on the field, like, yes. I'm going to keep it on the field. Michael McCarthy uh-huh. has had delay game penalties himself. <laughs> Mike McCarthy. You only give him three timeouts a game, yeah. so you can't call a timeout every possession. Yeah. I mean, somebody, he, I don't think he's looking at the play clock. Yeah. I don't think he is. I think he's looking on the field. And now it's difficult because he's calling the plays. He's calling all he's the not, plays. So now not. you're going to be even more distracted. And your clock management skills are already poor. So, <laughs> like, again, yeah. I think this year is crucial. I think it's very, very important to recognize that right. Mike McCarthy is on the hot seat and so is Dak Prescott. Going this the, year? Going into the third year of his deal. No, I can understand, Mike. Wait, wait a minute. Hold on. I'm sorry to cut you off. Yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah. 
you're saying that Dak's on the hot seat. Yeah. Absolutely. And Mike McCartney is on a, I can understand Mike McCartney. Yeah. Dak, I don't agree with. Dak, I 100% believe that I don't agree with you because I feel like, I feel like Dak is going to be this quarterback next season. He's oh. going to have, he's going to, if he puts up 30, 30 touchdown pa- passes, okay, mm-hmm. we win, right? We'll go, what, 13 and 4, mm-hmm. right? So, I'm saying he's not on that hot seat. I'm whether, telling whether, you. Whether you look at it or not, he's not on the hot seat. I'm going to tell you I right will now. say next year, yes. This The reason why I say this year, right, is because okay. this is normally the year. After this year, going into year four of his deal. Okay. He's gonna. They're gonna have to restructure that contract to pay Michael Parsons and CD Lamb. They have to exactly. They're, he's up for a new contract. Oh, Pollard too. Pollard's yes. up there too. Exactly. Dak is up for a new contract. The most important player on your team is at, up for a new contract after the season. <laughs> That's why I say he's on the hot seat. If he plays poorly yeah. and throws another 10, 15 interceptions in a year, uh-huh. we have a problem. But then, because what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? They probably, if they keep him, he's gonna get franchise tag. They're not gonna be able to. Uh, <laughs> they're, so not you, gonna, they're not gonna. They're not gonna put a deal in place. No, there's no quarterback in this league that's playing under a franchise tag. Exactly. Now, but you know Jerry. Yes, you know how Jerry moves. Absolutely. Jerry is not about to invest another hundred million dollars in this guy if he is not producing. Okay. That's why you make the move to go get Trey Lance. That was a public pressure. That was just him making a move. That was him making a move. For the first time ever. Exactly. But you know why? You know why he made that move? Why? Because he's not confident in what we have. (laughs) So you have to develop somebody else. You have to go to Dak personally and tell him we're going to make this move. My point exactly. You're furthering my point. Because, (laughs) because Dak does not have the influence that the public may think. Of course. When Jordan Love got drafted, who's the first to know? Aaron Rodgers. Exactly. Exactly. Because Aaron Rodgers has made himself respectable in that organization. You earned the right because you played your way into earning that right. Right. Dak has not. It's been nothing but inconsistency since he got there. Gabe, I so agree. I, I you got, understand your point. You got eight years of a sample size to say, "All right, bro." Now I gave you a hundred mil, four year deal, uh huh, and you still have not produced. But Tony Romo got thirteen, Gabe. I remember it. he got. And remember he didn't start to two thousand seven. Yeah, he I got know. ten. Ten, actually Jerry thirteen. Admitted. Thirteen because they they went with Drew old guys like Drew Bressler and Ben Versi yeah. in the late in the well in the early mid two thousands. So yeah. so Romo got thirteen. Yeah, and you're telling me Dak is going to get eight because you know eight? what? I don't. Oh, I love that you brought that up. Okay, because you do realize that Jerry admits that that was a mistake, right? That he overpaid for Tony Romo. Yeah, he did. He, you do he remember did. that he admitted. No, I, that, do, right? I do remember. That. He's not making that mistake again. The man's eighty-one. Gabe, we, he's we share, not he's like making the, the next birthday is like the the following after he mine. He is he, not making that mistake again. 
I'm telling you right. I, I'm telling you what he I got know. thirteen. Romo got thirteen, Gabe. He did. He got thirteen years, he and did. now you're saying to me this could be, he's on the uh, Dax on the hot seat. Dak is just because they got Trey Lance. Cooper Rush has got one more year left too. Because, it's not just because they got Trey Lance, but it's also because of the lack of production. I'm telling you right now, Dak cannot have another year like he had last year. I I agree with you. He I don't cannot. want him. I don't want him to. Are you? Wait a minute. Are you? We're talking about. Let, let's be on the same page here. Yeah. Are we talking about completions and interceptions? Yes. Okay, good. We're on the same page. Then, yeah. That, that's where I was going to go. Yeah. I want his completions to go up to seventy to eighty percent. And I, there's no way you cannot throw the ball more than thirty times. I'm gonna be totally honest with you, and I'm gonna keep it just as plain as I can say. If they don't sure. make the NFC Championship game at least this year, okay, there will be changes made. I don't know if it's gonna be at Front the office. I don't know if it's gonna be at the quarterback position. I don't know if it's gonna be at, in coaching spot, but somebody will be moved. It's got to be the front office. It's got to start with Mark McCartney. Is you got to look at the face, yeah. the face first. And given that, like, because if you think about it, Jerry has not put any of the onus on Dak. Okay. If you think about the moves that he's made, right? Mm-hmm. You fire Kellen Moore. You fire Jason yes. Garrett. Yes. You move Mike McCarthy to play caller as well as head coach. So you're That's doing true. all of this stuff, and you're not looking at. The man in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> That's stupid. You, you don't. You. I don't like that move, honestly. Once exactly. you said that, I don't. I don't like that move at all. Yeah, I don't because like because you. You trying him. to protect him. You keep. You keep telling me that. Oh, it's not Dak. It's the situation that he's in. It's the coaches. That's how, that's what these moves are saying to me. You, you're taking the onus completely off of him when he threw ten interceptions in ten games. Or something crazy like that. I don't remember the exact numbers. I'm just throwing that out there. No, he threw it's a okay. crazy number of interceptions, a double-digit number of interceptions. Yes. You took the onus completely off of him and said, no, it's Kellen Moore's fault why he threw those interceptions. No, he was making badass decisions. <laughs> and now Kellen Moore's got a younger quarterback in, in San Diego. Well, not San Diego, but L.A., and he's going to groom him to to perfection. Exactly. Watch exactly what Kellen Moore does. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if the Chargers beat us. Well, they, we, we, oh, that's right. We played them. That's right. Yeah. We played them in L.A. Yeah. So again, <sighs> I think the mo- I think this is the year where there there is no more real moves to be made. Like, you not mid season. Yeah, not mid, if if an injury goes down. Yeah, then that's different. Then yeah, you got to. Yeah, an you know, injury goes down there, there. There might be a move. Yeah, and then also, uh, if God forbid, God forbid, if we go one and six, God forbid, this podcast will not only go down, <laughs> but somebody in Frisco is going to lose their job as well. <laughs> we gotta go younger. We gotta go younger at at uh, at head coach. Look, I'm. I think that's that what I'm saying. Look at look at the transition now. Look at the uh, watch the ages. Pop in in the NBA is the oldest one. Steve Kerr is the next oldest one, mm-hmm. and the other one I can't remember the other one. Doc look, Rivers. Doc Rivers is out. Oh, yeah, he's he's out in, well, Nick Nurse is the third youngest one. He's 55. Mm-hmm. So, God forbid, if we go one and six and Mike McCartney's not fired, he could possibly be because of public pressure. Yeah. Then. I don't think they fire him midseason, though. 
if we go one and six, because that that's double, that's way down expectations. Yeah, I mean, now, granted, if we go one and six or zero oh and seven or something like that in the first seven games, then yeah, changes. Will we never made a midseason move. I never seen that. I never seen that. I ne- I seen that on other teams, but yeah. we never made it. We never made a midseason move, and I think that if we go one, God forbid, if we go one and six, then there's got to be a midseason move. But you know, I mean, I don't see us going one and six at all. Actually, no. I mean. I would be very, very shocked, disappointed, appalled, whatever words you want to put there. I would be. There's a lot of words. Yeah. There's a lot of words. <laughs> like to go one and six and your first seven games are yeah. not the most difficult of opponents on the schedule. No. Um, um, I know that the first three, actually the first four, we can easily go four now. Yeah. Easy. I mean, it'll like, be, the Jets game will be tough because we got Aaron Rodgers. I just don't believe in the Jets the way that a lot of people do. I don't believe them either. I think defensively they're not as good as I thought they were going to be. Right. Um, I mean, obviously you got a dog in Sauce Gardner. Yes. Um, you got some dogs on the defensive line. But outside of that, I mean, it's really mm-hmm. it's cool. Like, right. it's it's nothing that's, like, exciting <laughs> <It's cool>. <laughs> necessarily. <laughs> um, so I don't fear the Jets like that. I think no. we have enough to beat them um, we just can't play around with them we can't um, we can't unfortunately because it's Aaron Rodgers still yeah, you got Aaron Rodgers with some weapons so yeah yeah um, that could be a tough one but that would be a tough one uh, so after that we got the Cardinals that's a win that's they a don't win. even have Kyler Murray uh, um, we, I don't even know who their starter quarterback will be yeah, either. I, don't know. I don't know that should be a win the Patriots after that that should that's be a win, win. Uh, then the 49ers That's a questionable one. Oh gosh uh, It just uh, depends We're in San Francisco So I don't know Again is that a Sunday night game? Yes Okay so If that's a Sunday night game I think I think we'll win But then again You gotta know I'm, Which I'm, team Comes Which San Francisco team Comes out And truthfully By week four Or five I'll have an idea Of the type of team That we have because you know, like normally, you can easily tell when the Cowboys are going to be a consistent team and when yes. they're not. It's very easy to tell. Yes. Like there's, it's just a smoothness about how they play when they're on. Like, yes. so if after those, by the time we get to San Francisco, that's Week Five, mm-hmm. I have an idea where we are. Okay. I don't know if it'll stay like no, that, given injuries and all that, whatever. But yeah, I have an idea. Um, okay. Because that's our first big test in San Francisco. Then you follow that up with the Chargers. Oh gosh. Um, then you get a little breather. You get the Rams at home. Okay. Okay. Um, I don't, so I don't that should be a win. Them. That's a win. Then you go For to sure. Philly. Um, you go I, to Philly. Go to Philly. I think we'll lose that game. Yeah. Um, I, I got a splitting with Philly. Okay. Um, so um, I think the Philly Philly is the best team in the in the NFC. In the whole entire NFC, um, on paper, yeah. I don't think that they can be stopped unless Jalen Hurts, at least we get to Jalen Hurts. If we get to Jalen Hurts. I'm confident we'll in our defense. I think that yes. would be a very defensive game. Our front seven. Um, yeah. Actually, I'm, 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 I'm confident. I'm confident them. across the board. And that's yes. the first time I've said that in a long time. Right. Like, ever. <laughs> um, we did some things. We did some things right. in the offseason. Having Stephon Gilmore. 
back there, mm. not have, having Kelvin Joseph. Uh, right. <laughs> got traded to Miami, which yeah. is shocking to me. I was now we got a cornerback back in Noah. I can't pronounce his last name. I don't remember his last name. I don't remember his last name, but we got him back. Yeah. And uh, I think he's going to be a backup. Um, speaking of this Cowboys talk, we got a bunch of Cowboys talk yeah. now on first take. Yeah. Again, we, we both can't watch it because we don't have Spectrum. We don't have ESPN. Spectrum's trying to play us. They are. Um, they are, unfortunately. But... Our man Shannon Sharp's going to be on there Mondays and Tuesdays during the football season. Yeah. So I've seen, I've seen some of the clips. I like the combination. Okay. Even though they share some similar opinions when it comes to the Cowboys. Yes. Um, That's not entertaining though. So you got to have one. You got to have one. But Cowboys I think they differ supporter. enough because Stephen A is a hater. Right. Shannon is not a hater. He's a realist. Right. So there's enough of a difference to where it's like okay, like. Mm-hmm. We can we can do some things here with right. that, um, but I I just like that combination during the football season. I think that's really going to be cool. I love their personalities together. It's a lot of fun right. to watch just the clips that I've seen. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for that. It's much better than Skip and what they got going on over there. And Michael Irvin, they got Rich Sermon and Keisha Johnson. That's a mess. Really, I I personally think you have too many voices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have too many voices. Too many voices. Um, on wow. that. So. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. But that's gonna be interesting. Mm-hmm. And we, we just gotta see what happens. It is. Uh, before we go, your record prediction. We did this in the off season. You said 11 and 6, I said 12 and 5. Mm-hmm. Are we confident in our record predictions? Yeah, I'm sticking with my 11 and 6. Okay. Um, I'm rolling with that. I think 11 and 6 is probably just a realistic. Like, just because I know how we do. <laughs> it's <Right>. very inconsistent. <laughs> I don't always know what we're going to get. So, you know, I'm, I'm leaning on that 11 and 6. Okay. I like our 12 and 5 because our 12 and 5, the first, the first four games for me, will determine where this team goes from here. Mm-hmm. So, again, you take care of the Giants, you take care of the Jets and the Cardinals, mm-hmm. and what is the fourth team again? Um, I think that's the New see. England. Yes. Has to be, okay. So you take care of those teams firsthand. I do want to see where we go from here, and I do care what – Completion percentage that hits yes. those first four games. Bigger than completion percentage, I just don't want them to turn the ball over. No, I mean, no. like that's the biggest thing. To no, me. Um, turning the ball over can't happen because we'll lose games like that. Of course. So if you throw more than two, then we're, we're definitely going to lose. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate it. Um, well, it's a little nerve wracking, but. Yeah. We'll get through this season, and uh, we will. That we'll all be here talking about it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But I appreciate your insights. Absolutely, always. All right, guys. Well, that's it for our show. So, a lot of call, a lot of football talk today. Next week, we're definitely going to dive into the WNBA playoffs. But talk about the Giants game of my five takes, and then where this team moves on from here. And more college football stuff. Let's do it. All right. 
So thank you guys again for listening or watching to the Beyond the Game podcast on Fishbowl Radio and among other streams. Make sure you subscribe, like it, tell your friends about it, and we will see you next week on Fishbowl Radio to Beyond the Game. This is Jamie, host of the Jamie Genty Show, broadcasting live each week on Tuesday at 12 p.m. from Fishbowl Studios. Log on to hear sports talk from basketball to football and view your feedback on the biggest sports news you want to talk about from around the world. So be sure to log on each week Tuesdays at 12 p.m. to catch the Jamie Genty Show. Hope to see you soon on Fishbowl Radio Network. Jump in.